Um, Jesse, now that we've looked at the final passage in Deuteronomy chapter 24, I want to back up and get a running start and give you a broader context for it and then go all the way into chapter 25. We're going to read a lot of text, but I want you to understand how deep the roots go uh, to the book of Ruth and how seriously God took this command. Here's Deuteronomy chapter 24, beginning in verse 10. When you make a loan of any kind to your neighbor, do not enter his house to collect what he offers as security. Stand outside while the man you are making the loan to brings the security out to you. If he is a poor man, do not sleep with the garment he has given as security. Be sure to return it to him at sunset. Then he will sleep in it and bless you. And this will be counted as righteousness to you before the Lord your God. All right, be, you know, give the man his dignity. You're going to see that theme as well come up in, in, in verse 4 of chapter 25, a verse that we've covered before in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Here's verse 14. Do not oppress a hired worker who is poor and needy, whether one of your Israelite brothers or one of the resident aliens in a town in your land. Okay, Jesse, explain that one. If they're if they're an Israelite, why are they why are they uh, why are they a hired worker? What's going on here? Well, until the year of jubilee, where debts were canceled and everything, it was this big uh, celebratory barnyard turnover of the economic system. Uh, you, if you were if you were hard up, you could hire yourself to one of your fellow Israelites. And for about seven years time, you would work for them. This was not slavery. This was indentured servitude because it was not based on ethnicity. I mean, obviously, as you can see, these are hired workers who are both Israelites and resident aliens. It was also paid, hence the, uh, hence the call here to see to it that you're paid well. Uh, and it was not cruel, hence the the stipulation here that they would treat their hired workers well and it had an expiration date okay stay tuned as we uh in our book by book journey arrive at the book of exodus you are to pay him his wages each day before the sun sets see verse 15 remember again it's not chattel slavery it's indentured servitude because he is poor and depends on them otherwise he will cry out to the lord against you and you will be held guilty so this is, uh, sometimes Deuteronomy chapter 24 can be eisegeted, meaning taken out of context as though it were the rationale for some sort of socialist model of government. But the truth is these are people who are working for their money. And it's, it's seeing to it that bosses pay their employees well. So if that's you, by the way, pay your people and pay them well. You're to pay them, pay him his wages each day before the sunset because he is poor and he depends on them. Otherwise, he will cry out to the Lord against you and you will be held guilty. What's remarkable is that Ruth wasn't even working for pay. She was just, later on in the text, going behind the harvesters and gleaning what was left over. Fathers are not to be put to death for their children and children are not to be put to death for their fathers. Each person will be put to death for his own sin. Do not deny justice to a resident alien or a fatherless child, and do not take a widow's garment as security. Okay, remember, Naomi and Ruth were widows. This would have, this would have affected the way in which Israelites uh, interacted with them. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I'm commanding you to do this. The same words that he used in the text we read yesterday. Note this. You're to be put to death for your own sin. That's verse 16. Does that make the cross all the more shocking that Christ will be put to death for our sin? That he had no sin and yet he's the one who took upon himself the ultimate punishment. This has roots all the way back. The cross, the cement beneath the cross is all the way back in Deuteronomy chapter 24. 
So yesterday we read verses 19 through 22. Now I want you to see how the how the, the text overflows into chapter 25. And we'll spend some more time this week delving into chapter 25, which is, by the way, one of the most awkward chapters of the Bible. If there's a dispute, dispute between men, they are to go to court and the judges will hear their case. They will clear the innocent and condemn the guilty. That makes the cross all the more remarkable, doesn't it? Because those guys who were overseeing the crucifixion of Jesus were likely leaning upon this text. And what they did was they released Barabbas, the guilty, and they condemned Jesus, the innocent. If the guilty party deserves to be flogged, the judge will make him lie down and be flogged in his presence with the number of lashes appropriate for his crime. Again, Jesus was not a guilty party, but he was flogged. He may be flogged with 40 lashes, but no more. Otherwise, if he is flogged with more lashes than these, your brother will be degraded in your sight. Do not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. All right, so there it is. Uh, that's the same passage we looked at in our study of 1 Corinthians, Into the Fray, in chapter 9. This passage is quoted. In fact, it's quoted elsewhere in the pastoral epistles, too, to see to it that you, you protect your brother's dignity. Like we saw in, in, in verse 10, when you're going to collect collateral for a loan, you don't walk in the house, right? don't go look at his house, like give him dignity, give him privacy. He comes out, gives you the deposit. You, you, you hold his, basically his pajamas <laughs> as collateral and you don't sleep in them yourself. Okay? You just take care of them because you're gonna give them back to him as he pays your loan back. You're gonna get, protect his dignity. And then in chapter 25, when a man is caught, he's busted, he's done wrong. He's to, be, he's to receive the proper punishment corporally. But you're, there's limits here, okay? Don't undignify him. Don't muzzle the ox while he's treading out the grain. The man's got work to do, okay? Likewise, pay the worker his wages. The man's got work to do, and he works hard for you. So see to it that you treat him well. These are the stipulations that, prov uh, that set the backdrop to the book of Ruth. And uh, as we continue on in the text, you're in, beginning in verse 5 and tomorrow, uh, you're going to see some, some crazy, crazy stuff uh, prescribed, especially in verse 11. But it's about to zoom in really directly on Ruth's context. This is the Old Testament law. This is the stuff that you get bogged down in when you make a New Year's resolution, you start reading the Bible. When you get to some of this stuff, it gets hard to read through until you point forward to Jesus, point forward to Jesus, point forward to Jesus. I see the cement beneath the cross right here in Deuteronomy chapter 24 and 25, and it also serves as the backdrop to the book of Ruth. The Bible is amazing.